You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Study Side Up. I'm your host, Asher Matthew, and I'm super excited today to have Brian Clevenger on the show with us, and we want to talk about rebranding at scale. Brian, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Asher. Fantastic. Brian, you've had an awesome time at BlackBerry, and we totally want to unpack your journey there. But before we go there, can you tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So it's actually coming up on my one-year anniversary, which is June 15th uh, with BlackBerry. Um, Wow. So I'll kind of go back in time. Um, I grew up in the agency world. Um, I started out as a copywriter, um, grew up as an associate creative director, creative director, executive creative director. I had my own agency, but the bulk of my career was spent on the agency side. Um, Agencies as large and and famous as Gray Worldwide, publicists, kind of the big networks, and then smaller shops. You know, uh, like Clock Four, I had my own um, for some time. And and my experience with clients has been kind of across the board. I bet if you picked a category, I've probably worked on some client that, that exists in that category. Um, from, from B2B clients, I, I mean, I've worked on McAfee. I've worked on AVG, a lot of sec- security expertise there. Cisco, from consumer brands, it's everything from BMW, Anthem, Blue Cross, um, in, in the gaming category, Activision's Call of Duty. Again, you name it, I've probably worked on it. I'm an old guy. I got a lot of experience. <laughs> um, and then and then after that, um, you know, I had a son and it's like, okay, the, the agency game is long hours. Um, yes. That's not really good for a new dad. And I started looking at, at client side um, and I joined Veritas. Um, okay. I was at Veritas for roughly three and a half years as um, their creative director um, and then overseeing the brand and actually rebranding them. As well, it is as a data management company, um, and then after that, it was BlackBerry, um, and and BlackBerry's been it's been awesome. I mean, to work on such an iconic household name, it kind of been the ultimate job, um, which is pretty amazing to kind of walk in and be handed this brand that everybody loved, everybody knows. But then the challenge became like, okay, how do you how do you rebrand? Um, a company that was consumer and hardware, which yep. is now enterprise and software. Um, and, and, and that's where we're at. But it's, it's been a lot of work, obviously, but a lot of fun work. Um, and I think we're going to kind of dive in that, into that. Yeah, 100%. How old is your son now? He'll be five in August. Um, okay. Yeah, as long as he stays out of the ad game, I'll be a happy dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my, my, son, my son just turned three. And so, so, so it's it's amazing how what these guys are picking up these days because they have iPads and iPhones and you know I guess it's the parents' fault anyways but uh, but but it's it's amazing like what they're picking up at, at such a short age or a small age yeah yeah cool all right let's dive in uh, you've had a fantastic journey because you were on the client side sorry you were on the uh, agency side and then you came onto the client side you kind of have seen the whole whole world uh, around it right. And so let's define 
the word rebrand, refresh, and everything that is like once a brand already exists that you can do with it. Because I want people to understand the definitions because of these words because the definitions matter because they help set the tone of the initiative. Yep. I think that's a great question. Um, and, you know, when when I was interviewing at BlackBerry, you know, and I think the terms, for the most part, people use them, they're interchangeable. And they're actually not. Rebrand is you are going to demo this, keep the foundation, keep what's working, keep the equity, and then go from there. In the case of BlackBerry, sometimes you have to change names, so on and so forth. A refresh is a facelift for me. I'm like, all right, a refresh, maybe we might change the tone of voice. Maybe we might change the design system. But a refresh is nothing more than, than a light facelift, if you will. Um, and, you know, when I was interviewing with, with BlackBerry, you know, Mark, Mark Wilson, our CMO, was very clear about it. He's like, no, 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 this is a rebrand. Like, we, we've gone dormant for roughly seven years. The world still sees this as a handset manufacturer. There's still equity yep. in the name. This is a rebrand. Um, and I think a lot of times, and, and for me, you know, the, the thing rebrand or branding from scratch comes with a much bigger price tag than yeah. refresh. And I, I think it's important for clients to understand this. And also when somebody is interviewing at a company, they're saying rebrand, it's like, okay, let's kind of unpackage that. Let me fully understand that. Just make sure you understand what that entails. And obviously that's a much longer timeline to get to the, to get to the finish line. Yes. Now, oftentimes people get stuck on this question when defining a rebrand versus refresh is if the logo changes, is that a rebrand or a refresh? And then the second question is if the colors of the logo change, is that a rebrand or a refresh? Color, I mean, color, tone, um, you know, uh, photography style, you know, iconography, that's, that's to me a refresh. Okay. Renaming a company, yep. trademarking, you know, does the logo appear on buildings in yep. a global scale? That's a rebrand. I mean, if you're changing the name of the company, that's serious business, I think. Um, okay. There's exploration involved. There's logo design. I mean, there, there's all of that stuff. To me, that's, that's actually a much bigger undertaking, I would say, than what BlackBerry did because we didn't change the name. The reason yep. we didn't change the name is like there's such equity in that name. The challenge became like, all right, when they see the logo, they don't see a handheld. Oh, shit. <laughs> like what's going on here? And we, yep. we needed to think through that. But I would say renaming a company, redesigning the logo mark, all of that stuff, that that's actually probably a bigger a bigger lift. Bigger lift. Okay. Okay. And, and so uh, just to be specific, if the design of the logo changes, but the name stays the same, that's also in the rebranding bucket, or is that is that kind of gray area? It does. It it really determines to what extent. Like BM, BMW did this recently, the Rondell logo, and a lot. I mean, you see a lot of companies going through this. They're really kind of flattening the design aesthetic. Yep. Yep. Where, I mean, who else has done this recently? Burger King did it. BMW did it. To me, I think that's an evolution which which falls into the camp of refresh. Okay. Um, where if you're renaming a company, you're 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 losing whatever equity you have built. And to me, there, there's there's business ramifications. Yes, hundred percent. So. Yes, and 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 it it matters because you know, like you have all of the the different audiences that you serve that have affinity towards 
the company and they only know you by what they hear, which is the name of your company, and then by what they see, which is the logo. And so many companies make this mistake of not paying attention to their logo and what their logo stands for and signifies. And and it's it's and, and you know like like people say it's like the simple stuff. And I'm like I get it, but your logo can actually tell your entire story. And so spend, spend time on understanding and making it, right? Yep. No, I mean, that's a good point. Like even when, even, you know, we'll kind of dig into this a little bit, but as when I joined BlackBerry, it's like, okay, like you're a security company. I know there's a hell of a lot of equity in that name. There's, I mean, unaided awareness is off the chart, but it's unaided awareness for, for handhelds. It's, it's known for the wrong reason. So when, yes. when Mark and I were meeting with John Chen, our CEO, he actually brought it up. He's like, you know, people keep saying, why don't, why don't we change our name? And he's like, what would you change it to? Strawberry? I don't know. Um, but he, he actually came at it at a different angle because my guess is he understood the amount of equity that the name had. But yes. he was like, we're not, we're not known for anything bad. There's no negative connotation with BlackBerry. He said, we mobilized the workforce. People love those things. They came up with Crackberry. And he's like, why would you change it if there's no, if there's no negativity around it? And I'm like, that's a completely rational way to look yep. at it. Yep, yep. No, I mean, well, well said uh, by John Chen. Um, so, okay, let's, let's break down the what, the how, and the why of a rebrand. I know we touched a little bit, but let's, let's, let's break it down a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it's really, really simple. I mean, for the most part, BlackBerry w- was was kind of dormant for seven years. Um, you know, when John came in, um, you know, he he made the flip from from handheld to software, and that was based on the fact that that device was secure. So we've been in the security game since the inception of of the company itself. It's like, how do you take that security that's in you know that you held in the palm of your hand, and now it's in everything you touch? Um, but for me, th- the key thing was the what. People don't know what we do. We go dormant for seven years. They haven't heard from us. Heard from us? Okay, how do you come back out with a message that is all about cybersecurity and one that we have been um, we've been involved with since the inception of the company? Um, but it, I mean, it was an interesting challenge because I didn't I didn't know all of that. I just thought of the handheld. But then if you look back and it's like, oh, wow, the reason people were so productive is because those devices were secure. There's a reason why Obama loved his BlackBerry. It's a productivity workhorse, but it's also highly, highly, highly secure. So when when we sat down to rewrite the story of the company, we needed to make that connection, secure handheld to cybersecurity powerhouse. And that was really the opportunity on the table. Um, and then how do you make that emotional? How do you make that simple so people can make the connection? Because we did the dual pivot from um, uh, consumer to enterprise, from hardware to software. Okay, that's a really tough story to tell. Um, and then we architected this line. Um, you know, we, we've taken the security you held in the palm of your hand and now putting it in everything you touch. And by everything you touch, 175 million cars, 500 million endpoints, the International Space Station, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the list goes on. So, you know, that that simple but but hardworking line really helped people understand it just right out of the gate. And and for us, and we I mean, we thought really long and hard about this as we wrote the storyline. And then ultimately, once we got into redesigning of the brand, it's like, okay, people are going to see that logo. 
They haven't heard from us in seven years. The second thing they're going to expect is a handheld and they're not going to see a handheld. How do you help them understand that? How do you not add confusion to the market? So um, kind of coming out with that, really, really thinking through every scenario and how do you build a brand that is about clarity, that clearly communicates what you offer to the world. And I think in this day and age, you know, with remote work, the, um, the, the, the perimeter of the office has grown. Cyber, cyber attacks, I mean, they're at an all time high right now. Um, we don't want to add any confusion to that. So how do you kind of clearly communicate that? Um, which has been an awesome opportunity, you know, obviously a big one, <laughs> but, um, but an important one at the same time. So, so the what very, very simply was, what in the hell do we do? <laughs> I mean, and just answering that to the world. And, and you and I talked at length about this. And, and yes. for me, it's not so much what do you do? It's why do you matter? What do you offer to the world? Um, and to me, that that's that's paramount for any brand communicating. And I think a lot of times, you know, B2B companies can can kind of by default be like, oh, we, we just want to communicate in speeds and feeds. For us, we offer something very, very important to the world, and that's security. And I think from a business perspective, securing your laptop, securing your handheld, you know, securing your network, securing the business. Okay, fine. That's very, very rational. But when you feel secure as a human, you can invent, you can create, you can actually change the world. And that's what BlackBerry did with that device. I mean, they freed the mobile workforce and they did change the world. So that kind of what we've always looked at, or I've always looked at too, why do you matter? If you're going to, if you're going to take somebody's time to explain, to explain what you do, reward them with something. And I think that is that matter part. Yep. Great. And, and so let's walk through how you orchestrated or maybe coached is the right <laughs> word or you guided, right? Because again, you've been given this big charter, you've been given an iconic brand, you have to bring them into their new world, right? There's a lot of emotion, culture, history internally, right? And and it's really tough. And and so 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 talk to us about how did you prepare them? I know the execs all can get aligned by going through workshops, offsites, et cetera, et cetera, right? And I know it's, it's COVID, so I, none of that happened. Uh, but but you, but you had to actually get the company behind this, right? And so how do you do that? Yep. Um, <laughs> I'm, I mean, I, I think it starts with, you know, having a, a really good internal team. Um, and, and, and also, uh, I, I think at John's level, at Mark's level, people who understand this and appreciate it and know they need it. The, because if they're like, I can sell until the cows come home, but if somebody's not buying, this is not going to move along. So I think they, they understood what, what the true challenge was. And that's like, all right, we, we need to reeducate the world on what we do. Um, so I, I, I think it really starts there. And even in, in my agency days, you know, a, a client who who may not fully understand it, but appreciates it and understands the need for it, that goes that goes miles. I mean, it really, really, really does because I can educate. You know, I can sell. I can obviously be passionate about what I do. But if they're not buying, it, it's really going to go nowhere. So I think it started with John and with Mark really understanding this is what we need. Not so much how do you go about it, but really understanding what you need. 
Um, and for me, you know, I, there's a lot of different ways to do this. And I think by default, a lot of people look at design first. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, let's look at photography. Let's look at the design system. Let's look at, you know, are we using illustration versus, you know, a photographic approach? What's the iconography look like? What's the color palette look like? What are the what's style guide? Yep. And yep. to me, you know, looking at BlackBerry's problem, it's like, this is a pure, pure message, message, message challenge. The world sees you as this, you need to be seen for this. And, you know, when, when in my last interview with Mark Wilson, I kind of mapped out as to how I would do this. And I think we need to start with story. The story is off in the market. And what starts to happen, either, either people forget about you or they manufacture their own message or worse yet, the competition does it for you. They're going to write your story. We can't have that. So, um, you know, I, I told Mark, it's like, let's start with the story. Let's rewrite the corporate narrative, because I think that's kind of the root of, of, of the problem. Then we can look at the design system. You got a new story. You definitely need a new, new design. And, you know, it needs to be modern. It, it needs to do this. It needs to do that. Blah, 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 blah. And then we need to roll it out. Um, and to me, that's always the biggest lift. How does it impact the website? How does the field team take this on? How does sales use it, you know, to acquire a new customer? How does it show up in print, in broadcast, in digital? Um, how How is everybody sharing the correct story? Because I think um, a, a lot of times companies forget, like, your biggest media channel is your internal people. Like, I mean, what are we, like, four or 5,000 people, something in that range? That's a media channel. Everybody has a social a social account. I can use that to push that out. So that boils down to brand ambassador programs and things like that. And that's kind of the last step. Um, but But we... We went through actually, I would say, the very best process that that I've ever done with a client. You know, and I, I use the term client. Yes, uh-huh. I'm, I'm a full time employee of BlackBerry, but still, I marks. Yeah, my, but everybody else says your customer. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and also, it, it still keeps my toe dipped in the agency world, which I don't think yeah. I'll ever fully leave. Um, maybe I need some therapy for that. But um, <laughs> but no, and it, it was. It was like, all right, let's focus on the story. Let's make sure that Mark is bought into this. Let's make sure John is bought into this. Right. Let's let's meet with industry analysts. Let's run this by them. Um, let's make sure that that story is right and everybody is on board. And then from there, let's go through the design process Um, and let's create something that when somebody sees this in the wild, hell yeah, BlackBerry's back. I'm excited about this. And then what are the steps to rolling this out? What are the phases? And that whole process, it's a year engagement. It really is a year engagement. Um, from, from, from truly crafting the story, designing it, and then, and then kind of rolling out to everybody. Um, and you know, I, I mean, I can break down each, each part of that, you know, I'm, I'm a writer by trade. So I, I was solely responsible for that narrative working with Mark Wilson, okay. working with John Chen. And it was, it, it, it could not have been a better process an easier process, um, each time we met with John, I wrote three versions of the corporate story. We would meet with him for an hour, unpackage it, dissect it, really understand it. He, he's a phenomenal audience. Um, working with Mark, um, you know, in, I think it was around the second meeting. So we we were three narratives down. This we were on, you know, the, this the next batch of three, which would be six. Um, he looks at me and he goes, "Can we can we say that we changed the world?" And I'm like. Uh-huh. Okay, let's let's kind of talk about that. He goes, "What do you think about the workforce? That's forty hours. That's that's a 
That's a big time of somebody's life. We mobilize that. We single-handedly can own that. Okay, that yeah. I mean, I would say that's kind of changing the world. Let let me yeah. take it back to the workshop and let's let's see what we can do with that. Wrote it, shared it with Mark, went kind of back and forth with Mark a little bit and had another meeting with John. And John's like, that's it. Like, I'm excited about that. I like it. Um, what's next? It's like, wow, <laughs> okay. This is kind of like the like just an amazing, amazing process, an amazing moment. I said, oh, now we go through the design phase. So for the design phase, um, even before we got to design, we shared it with analysts, we shared it with sales, okay. shared it with the field team. And of course, you really kind of want to straddle that line of emotional and rational. You know, you, you, want, you want the hearts and minds of people. You really, really do. I mean, because when people think of BlackBerry, they're very passionate. Um, and then also there's, there's all those rational reasons why, would, why somebody would buy the security. You know, what do we have that's the secret sauce, all that good stuff. Um, so we kind of shopped that around. Everybody liked it. Yes, this is it. Blah, 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 blah. Then we went into the design phase and we, we engaged with two agencies because the internal design team I was building out. Um, and there were also other projects that they were working on. So I engaged two agencies, first person, divisional labor, both barrier agencies, San Francisco agencies. Um, and it, I mean, it was, it was actually a great process because I wanted them to be an extension of the team. And I was actually kind of the creative director. Um, with with these teams, we did five weeks of work with them. We distilled that into three different looks and feels. Um, we kind of had three examples. Met with John. John's like, "What do you guys think?" And I said, "I think option one is the way to go. It's epic. Um, it has immense stopping power. I think the world's been waiting to hear from us. They deserve to see something great." He's like, "I agree. What's next?" It's like, "Wow, okay, <laughs> man. I, I wish." You know, back in my agency days, every client was like this. Um, <laughs> They're like, know, great, so let's do this. Oh, yeah. It was just like, wow, okay, man. Um, we shopped that around, shared it with people. People were like, yep, that's it. Um, and now we're, we're still in the build-out phase. Um, you know, lots of work to do on the website. It went live in market in March um, with a, a New York Times print ad, lots and lots of digital um, and, and the way that we're treating um, media, which I'm fortunate I have an internal media team and they're, they're, they're fantastic, is at that broad level where you have the real estate to tell the story, which is in full page print because we're not doing broadcast yet. It is, it is starting with that idea of secure devices and security into everything you touch. So really telling that story at a, at a macro level. Obviously, that's Wall Street. That's the business world. And then in, in digital, we're becoming very, very targeted or we are very targeted. That's the, you know, that's the security officers, CTO, CIO, so on and so forth. Wired security section, the security section of websites, like hyper, hyper targeted to that core audience. So it's, it's a really integrated approach, which is awesome. Um, but also really using the channels to target who we need to, but then also having that air coverage and that broader conversation at a brand level to really educate the masses as to what BlackBerry is today and why we matter. It's, it's really fantastic. I mean, as I read the, the, the statement, which says the security you held in the palm of your hand is now in everything you touch. It's really well written. It actually, it actually, as you said, uh, and I just learned this in this podcast, it has stopping power. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know, one of the things too is you don't, 
you don't want to ever lose personality or charm when it comes to advertising. I mean, my gosh, that started with Bill Burnback during the creative revolution in the 60s with Volkswagen. We know that creativity, things that are well-written, that are well-designed, I mean, Apple's proven that to the world, are effective, are effective. And to me, like, I always want to reward somebody, whether that's teaching them something new, um, giving them a smile, um, making them think. I always want to achieve that in advertising. And I think a lot of times people can look at this kind of in an obtuse manner where it's like, no, 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 just, just state the obvious. It's like anybody can do that. But also the beauty with BlackBerry is intelligent is in our tagline. <laughs> we have to right. <laughs> We don't have a choice, people. Yes. Um, yes. Now, granted, intelligence is all about the AI that, that powers our security. But like it, it, it's really lovely. And, and I inherited the tagline that 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 is not my handiwork. Um, yes. But it's a hardworking line. And what's great about it is those three words, everything we do, we run it through that filter. Yes. Is it intelligent? It has to be. Like it's in our tagline. Do you get this idea of security? Do you know that we are everywhere? And everything we do has to be conveyed through that line. It has to be. Um, and, and to me, that's what the beauty the beauty is of that. Um, you know, I'm a writer by trade and I like writing smart headlines, but hey, it's in the tagline. So we got to show up with, with a brain. No, it's interesting. And, and as you were saying this, right? Now, the interesting thing is BlackBerry has a long, long history, right? And uh, um, and I, I want to take a slight tangent to to companies that are being formed, right? And and when you actually want to make this type of a let's call it a stopping power statement, right? And and it has to have personality and charm and charisma. A lot of it actually depends, or maybe this is, this is a question: Does a lot of it actually depend on the founder's ability to convey that consistently? through the company's company's operating plan or you know whatever the business they do. Yep. And and I think this is important because you can have a lot of this stuff there, but the company has to live it day yep. in and day out and deliver on this, right? Yep. And if they're not delivering on this, then there's a disconnect and then that's how this like gap happens. And that's how I think companies get into trouble uh, for staying relevant. Yeah, I, I think, but I, I would love to get education on that. Yeah. Oh no, I think it's it, it's it's even worse than that. There's not a gap. I mean, you lose trust, plain and simple. Um, you know, it's and I mean, you know, and I think that's one of the issues of advertising. You know, it it can be manipulative, deceptive. You know, pick pick any negative word you want to pick. Um, but there's a reason why the most successful companies have great advertising and honest advertising, because it is it is true to their DNA and what not so much what they make, but what they can deliver upon. And I think that's really, really important. And there's this great quote, and I'll probably reference Bill Burnback at nauseum in this interview. But like he has this great statement. It's like nothing can sink a mediocre company faster than great advertising. And he's right. Like he's absolutely right. I mean, you know, one of my one of my fears and, and I, I've seen this in the past. It's like, oh, my gosh, you know, we want emotional, evocative, you know, powerful advertising. But then you look at it at, at your client's product and it's like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't match that. 
Um, thankfully, our products completely deliver. Like, you know, the recent the, the recent dark side attack with the pipeline, our, our product stopped it. Like, okay, so what we say is true. Um, but I think you can't you can't go out with a message or a claim or advertising or branding that's that's the opposite of what you you deliver. Like you, you just you can't and not so much what you make, but what you can actually deliver. Um because that's just, I mean, not not only are people going to write you off, like the trust factors eroded, um, like you're you're kind of dead in the water, honestly. And we've we've been really really good about that because I mean, just just given my career, you know, as a creative and on the agency side, yep. I've had clients ask me like, oh, can we just say that? Well, no, actually, you can't. <laughs> and here's why, um, you know, and you know, I think honesty and advertising, you know, there is a place for it. And also with, with the connected world, with the internet, people can research this stuff. It's not like the old days where you can run a print ad and they can't do their research. They can do the research. Um, and also we operate in a highly competitive space, highly competitive with cybersecurity. It, it would take one wrong move for your, your, your competitor to call you out on that. So we, we are very, very, very good about that. You know, whether that's, fact checking, whether it's with legal, whether it's doing our research, like we, we, we pay attention to that. But also I was telling Mark Wilson this, I said, you know, it's not like we're a consumer package good where you open the box and the cereal's stale. <laughs> we're not, it's, it's security. Like, you know, there, yeah. there's very important information at stake here. Um, so yeah, we, we don't ever make claims or push out messaging that, that we can't back up. And I think that, I mean, you know, a lot of a lot of companies should pay attention to that. I mean, you know, be evocative, you know, um, you know, be powerful, be bold, be, be all of that stuff, be emotional. But like, don't ever claim something that you, that you can't deliver upon. Well said. Well said. Let's talk about relevancy. Uh, and then I want to end on on the impact that all this work may, uh, did, uh, because it's truly remarkable. Mm -hmm. But I want to unpack relevancy a little bit. And, and you know, everybody <clears throat> talks about how Salesforce has been relevant over and over and over again, et cetera, et cetera, right? You have, like, all these companies. Like, how do you think about relevancy and how should aspiring senior executives, right, or earlier executives that are around the world who are going to be listening to this podcast should think about relevancy off and for their companies? Yeah. And I, I think... It goes back to that idea of matter. Like, why do you matter? Um, I, I'm a writer. I'm, I'm going to always try to find a better word, a synonym that's a little bit better. But I think, it, you know, in this day and age, like, why do you matter? Why should somebody take the time to pay attention to you? Um, you know, we, we all have limited time and it gets back to that reward factor. If I can re reward somebody by telling them something they didn't know, educating them, informing them, giving them a laugh, giving them a smile, making them feel something. But I think like, you know, you, you, companies need to really ask themselves, why do we matter? Um, and as we were going through this entire exercise, you know, that was that was the thing that was always in the forefront of my mind. And with security, it's kind of easy, you know, um, feeling secure as a human, you know, securing businesses. It, it, Absolutely. In the age of COVID. And, and as, as we kind of looked at this and we looked at the competitors messaging, too, we we wanted something that was optimistic. Um, but if you think about BlackBerry's history, you know, we invented mobility. 
Mm-hmm. And when you think about security, it, it is such an old message of what you stop, what what you, you know, quarantine. What, it's, it's all about what you can't do. And given our heritage about mobility, momentum. Um, and I think in the age of COVID, people wanted to have a message or hear something that was positive. Um, and I think for us, it's like, okay, why do, why do we matter to the world? Okay, we invented the mobile workforce. Okay, we're a security company. We're a security company that liberates you. Um, and, and, and for us, that, that message um, you know, of relevancy, of, of, again, why you matter, we've, we've always asked ourselves that. And you know, as, as a business, okay, securing the world, securing the world's most important businesses, you know, hyper, hyper um, categories that are hard to secure, whether that's healthcare or finance, um, you know, that's absolutely relevant. And then I think as you start to kind of drill down when somebody is engaging with your brand or your advertising, um, making it, making it matter, you know, get, letting them know, Hey, you know what? You just spent three seconds, six seconds, whatever with my ad. I, I want to make sure you learn something here. I want to, I want to make it worth your time. And that's how we look at everything. I mean, even with even with the website, like how do you create an engaging experience that's highly relevant and, you know, does does reward somebody for taking that time? Um, And I think when you look at BlackBerry, you know, for me, it's been one of the greatest stories that was never told. But now we're doing that. Oh, the International Space Station, seven of the G7 governments, you know, um, 500 million endpoints, cars. It's like whoa, like absolutely we matter to the world. Absolutely we do. Um, and, and I think that's important. And I, I think it's finding, you know, I, I mentioned that kind of DNA, like what, what matters to the world, you know, what's, what's going to be relevant to the world in, in, in today. But also you, you, you want to kind of have a brand that stands the test of time. And I know in technology that's kind of hard because technology always changes. Um, but you know, what, what is the essence of that and what is that relevancy? And to me, the idea of being secure is never going to go away. I mean, you know, as, as, as humans, it's certainly not, but like, I think as, you know, endpoints get more complex as the world becomes hyper, hyper connected, security is going to be like table stakes. It's paramount. You're not going to be able to do business without it. Um, so, so I think for us, by design, we will always be relevant. Um, but then it's like, how do you build a brand around that um, th- that you know creates relevancy and 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 you know does tell people, hey, look, we matter. You should pay attention to us. And I think you know most companies can kind of find that if if they kind of go back to basics or why they started the company. You know what what was your motive there? Um, and a lot of times, you know, I think branding and creative and advertising can be very mysterious, um, almost like alchemy. And, you know, one of the things that, that I've always tried to do throughout my career is because I feel fortunate for what I do is bringing people along for the ride because they truly don't understand this. A lot of people, it's just like, you know, Oh, is it the devil's work? Like, what is, what is this stuff? Art and writing and this and that. And I, I, I think if you can, you know, bring people along for the ride. And I, I think people who people actually do a disservice for what I do when they say, Oh, no, 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 no. Let me just, let me just go into my ivory tower and I'll bring it back and I'll share it with you. 
help people understand it because it's really important. Um, and I think when people don't understand it, it's easy to discount it or discredit it. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, education, proving why you matter and, and making sure you're relevant. That, absolutely. That's important. Absolutely. Fantastic. And so all this amazing work, what, and I'm sure Mark's like, Hey man, what did it do? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So. <laughs> I mean, that's so much work. I mean, so for me, I mean, and, and this should apply to every single brand creative marketer on the planet. Absolutely. I mean, the ingredients that you need, okay, what is your unique message to the world? Yep. Number two, you know, designed well, well written, back to rewarding somebody for taking the time. Yep. And then lastly, is it is it effective? I don't give two craps about productivity. I want to know, are we making an impact? That's what I want to know. Because to me, that allows me to go back to John, to Mark, to anybody and say, look, this is gaining momentum. Can we put more fuel on the fire? But also it helps me defend the work because we all know that creative and branding is completely subjective, completely yeah. subjective. I might like Dolly. Somebody might like Picasso. Is advertising art? No, I think it's artful. Um, but, you know, there, there's, there's so much subjectivity around it. But then I can have a very rational debate. Look, it's performing. Look at these numbers. Um, I think in the first six weeks, um, I can pull up my deck here. Um, in the, in, yeah, roughly in the first six weeks. So we launched on .com. That was the website on March 12th. So the first six weeks, we had almost 17 million impressions. So our quarter is coming to an end. We were targeting 40 million. I think we're over 50 million impressions. That is eyeballs. Eyeballs on the message. That is kind of just branding at its base level. Are, are we getting the message in front of people? Absolutely, we are. And again, okay, yeah, great branding, great advertising. This is also a lot of hard work from, from, from my media team um, who, who are just complete rock stars. So if you kind of break that down, um, you know, 48,000, almost 49,000 clicks over six weeks. Click-throughs are a little tough for me because people don't click on banners. You know, when's the last time you clicked on a banner? But okay, it does tell me, is it engaging enough for somebody to take the next step and read more on the website? So it, it is kind of an important number, even though by default, I say people don't click on ads. Um, so, sorry. So, so the, the 49,000, I mean, these are massive numbers, by the way, right? So, so the 49,000 clicks are people clicking on your website no, no, to learn on, more. Yeah. Clicking on display advertising. Oh, on the display ad. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so banner advertising. Um, and then, you know, some of the things that, that, you know, Mark and I really, really look at heavily is time on site. What is that engagement? And yes. that number warmed my heart in the first six weeks. We were up 20, 20 seconds, which might not seem a lot, but it's almost 9%. So that means there is something there that is intriguing enough for somebody to spend time reading. Um, and we, we really, really, really look at that number. It's just like, okay, like, are they spending time with the content? Um, so that, that was very, very, very reassuring. 
some of the other things that we look at, um, you know, the the engagement on the site itself, like kind of clicking around, um, that's up over 111%. That's an enormous number. Yes. You're, you're, you're doubling it. Um, now, a lot of that has to do, okay, I, I think the site is, is beautiful. I think it's stunning. I think it's sexy. I think we've paired a lot of the content back. So it's inviting. So some of that has to do with it. But also, it's really good content. Um, so, you know, that it was good to see that that number is up. Um, direct traffic. So that is mainly from the New York Times ad. Again, we're, we're just looking at numbers for the first um, six weeks of, of the campaign. So direct traffic was up 7%, which is awesome. That means typing in blackberry.com, going directly to the homepage. Um, so somebody, and we, and we would like to attribute it to traditional advertising because you're not clicking on a banner. Somebody saw the ad. And what was kind of cool too, um, there were people kind of taking pictures of the print ad. It was circulating around the internet. People were posting it on social. It's like, this is awesome. The world has been waiting to hear back from us, uh, waiting to hear, hear from us. Um, and then, you know, if, if you start to kind of dissect the website, we kind of have that hero video at the top of the page, which starts to tell our story. Um, there were over 9,000 clicks on that, which is great. Um, we kind of have this news drawer where it's kind of the latest news. There's contact sales. That engagement is off the charts. And that's really what we want. It's like, okay, you're shifting perception. Um, you're, you're letting people know you're relevant, what you do, but are we building the pipeline? That's important. So are people engaging with that kind of contact sales? And then also um, there were um, 49 accounts associated with an open opportunity that visited the site. So new new logos, new customers that we're going at after people are coming to the site. Um, again, I mean, that's only six weeks of data um, as, as we're winding down the first quarter, like everything is up. I mean, it, it, it's it's really awesome because... You can't, you go into this and, you know, in your gut, you would like to think, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to create something that's worthy of somebody's time. And in the back of your head, it's like, all right, I, I, I am pretty sure they're going to engage with this and they're going to want to learn more and it's going to do this and it's going to be effective, but it's, it's always a crapshoot, you know, <laughs> you know, you, you test it, you ask analysts what they think, no, you focus group it. Well, you just never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Um, and you know what, then, then you're, you're, you're happily surprised with this. It's funny because, um, Mark and I were given a a couple of interviews and Matt Chandler, who's on the PR team asked me, he goes, man, dude, he goes, it must be one of the greatest moments to see this stuff once it's in the wild. And it's like, you know what, I've been doing this for a long damn time. It never gets old. It, it's never not exciting. Um, but then the beauty is, too, is, you know, with BlackBerry, you hear through the grapevine, you get a nice email. We saw the ad. We're so, we're so proud. And it's like, wow, that's pretty remarkable. And then you start to look at the numbers. Um, and, and that's really, really reassuring as well. Well, Brian, this has been fantastic. You know, thank you so much for walking through us through the journey and educating us on the different concepts. I'm, I, I'm, I've definitely learned a lot, and I'm sure people that are going to be listening to this are going to be learning a lot as well. Um, as we wrap up the, the podcast, I, I've, we have a few questions that we would love to get your guidance on. One of them is, is there a book, a blog, a newsletter, a website, or a resource that you would recommend people 
listen to or read or learn more. Obviously, everybody should go and visit blackberry.com just to see the work that you guys have done. But outside of that, like uh, um, you mentioned uh, Bill Bur- Byron or Bill Burl? Back. Bill Beck, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so he, I mean, so he, people should definitely read about that, that yeah. guy. So he's the B in DDB, Joel Dana Burnback, which is a, a monolithic advertising agency. I mean, he for the most part, single-handedly created um, the, the creative revolution in advertising. He's the guy who put art directors and writers together. It's all the Volkswagen work, um, the, the the Think Small, Lemon, all of that great stuff. Um, I mean, if you Google him in Amazon, there's, there's, there's tons of books by him, like tons of them. Um, and me being an ad guy, like, you know, that, that's kind of what I, I, I yeah. gravitate toward. Um, but I, I think that's important. Um, and then, you know, it's a lot of creative blogs. I mean, the, the, the brands that I really, really admire, um, you know, I, I obviously follow them um, it, from a branding capacity, whether that's consumer, whether it's B2B, it, it really doesn't matter. Um, but I think keeping your fingers on the pulse of that stuff and, and, and staying fresh, I think is important. Um, you know, and, and for me, that comes from branding, from creative, from, from all sorts of inputs. Um, but Burnback is, yeah, I mean, kind of the, the godfather, if you will, of, of creative advertising. Fantastic. Um, are there three other people in uh, B2B go-to-market or data science that you would recommend we invite to the show? Yeah. So, um, so for the guy who kind of <laughs> rolled the dice on me coming from the agency side and, and going to Veritas would be Todd Shimizu. He is now the vice president of marketing at Cisco. Incredible guy. Incredible guy. Super, super smart. Ex-consultant. Um, fantastic writer. Actually, unlike me, I went to school for art. He went to school for journalism. Um, and he's, he's a marketing guy. He just... Yeah, a very, very, very dear friend um, as well. I think, um, you know, Mark Wilson, our CMO, um, I'm going to plug BlackBerry. I have to. Yep. <laughs> um, incredible. Well, he passed this on to you, I think, you know, I think that's what happened. Now you're going to pass it back to him. And I'm going to be like, Mark, we need to know the other side of the story. Can you come <laughs> on the <this> show? <laughs> um, I think you're right. So you might want to try him. Keep after him. Absolutely. Um, so no, one other person would be uh, Marcello Grande from First Person. They are um, I, I've worked with them at Veritas and BlackBerry, and they they were really instrumental in the design of the new brand. Marcello's phenomenal. Um, I mean, they they work on VMware, they work on a lot of B two B brands. Fantastic agency, uh, fantastic design aesthetic, great storytellers. Um, just and also just a great group of people. Um, I actually have a call with them this afternoon, but Marcello Grande would highly recommend. Um, super good guy. It's fantastic. All right. Uh, how would people connect with you if they had questions after listening to the show? I mean, track me down on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook. Um, yeah, I mean, I, and, and I mean, I love talking about this stuff clearly. Um, I'll, I'll talk your damn ear off. <laughs> um, I, I'm more than happy to, to talk about this. But I mean, I, I also taught a master's writing program at the Academy of Art on copywriting for years. Wow. So I just I love to just if people have problems like, all right, let's kind of chat this out. 
Um, and again, we're all kind of solving, you know, the same thing. Now, obviously, I'm not going to give tips to our competitors, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we're all trying to solve the same thing, you know, like increasing awareness, building pipeline, you know, getting your message out, um, you know, b- like building advocacy, um, all of that stuff. So, yeah, I mean, LinkedIn's easy. Facebook is easy. I'm on Instagram. Um, yeah, I'd be more than happy to talk. Well, this has been great, Brian. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Got it. And we wish you the best of luck in your journey. Awesome. Appreciate everything. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Sunny Side Up. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review us and share these insights with your peers. 